The following message is presented by Bayou Vista Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information, go to the website www.bvbch.org. Now the message. If you have your Bible, we'll be looking at two most familiar passages. The first one in Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6. This morning we'll be talking about raising children. Um, And I know some of you are past that stage in your life. But I'm sure you have children raising children or grandchildren that you may be raising or nieces and nephews that you're working with. And I'm certainly not equipping you to instruct anyone else on how to parent, but possibly to advise and encourage and inspire them to go to God's Word during the hard times. God's Word is not just for for hallelujahs, but also for oh no's. So Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6, uh, we'll be talking a little bit, and I just want to encourage any parents here, and if you're a parent here and you'd like this book, I'd be happy to supply it for you. But it's called Shepherding a Child's Heart by Ted Tripp, and it's a very different understanding of raising a child. It is the idea of understanding a child's relationship to the Lord and parenting from that perspective rather than just parenting to get the results out of the child, the behavior that you desire. Um, we all have broken hearts. We're all sinners needing the, the saving grace of our Lord and Savior. And I remember when the kids were born. Man, that was the happiest day, right, of the life, and you're holding them, so proud of them, so glad and amazed that God could bless you in such a way, and then they really don't do anything, right? I mean, you clean them, you feed them, you snuggle with them. I remember I'd lay down with Aiden, and I would just slobber all over his forehead, and and then I'd wake up, and I'd be trying to clean it off before Jeanette saw it, and... It was just the sweetest times of cuddles, right? There's no sweeter time in life. And then they begin to talk. And then they begin to repeat things you say. And then you get worried about what they're going to say at church that you said. Well, then comes the psychological, emotional, and spiritual development of the children. And then all of the sudden, for me, panic set in because I realized I was responsible for the product that this this young person was going to be and that I had, in my fallen nature, redeemed heart but still battling a fallen nature, such a small window for mistakes. And those mistakes are most visible in my home. And we can all come and go to church and do really good for an hour and no one knows who we really are. But mom and dad, you can't hide the truth from your children. And so recognizing that with them instead of ignoring the fact is a very important part of parenting and them understanding that you were, are in need of a Savior just as they are. 
So parenting or shepherding the child's heart rather than the child's behavior, right? We teach our children to be hypocrites from the beginning. Don't deal with the issues and the brokenness of the heart, but rather produce an outcome that's acceptable in the realms in which we function. So we're going to look at a passage this morning that is often taken as a promise. Proverbs is a book known as Wisdom. It's a category that it falls into into the books of Scripture. Proverbs are not necessarily promises. They are advice for the best case scenario in putting you in the best place for the Lord's favor. How many of you know a child that was raised in church by what seemed like godly parents and that child lived a very different life? Just show me your hand. Okay, so if this verse is therefore a promise, then those circumstances wouldn't exist. And so when we teach Scripture, it is best that we understand the context of the book lest we do damage to the truth of the Almighty. Proverbs is a book saying, if you, if you will do these things, you have the highest probability of finding God's favor. And some may be tempted to say, well, if it's not a promise, why should I be concerned about it? And I've told you guys, I'm not necessarily the smartest redneck you're ever going to come across, but I don't like the gambling thing. So if there's anything I'm going to try, when I say try, I do mean try, my kids may have seen a couple weed eaters fly across the yard. You know the ones you can't start? That they have seen some behavior, and there have been times I've said we don't talk about this at church. <laughs> right? I'm not. I'm not claiming to have been successful, but that an attempt is necessary for a victory to ever have an opportunity. All right. And so we're going to look at this verse in a different light, because if you say this is a promise. Train up a child in the way that they should go and they'll not depart from it. And then it happens. Well, then all of God's word is at risk of being untrue. So we know that God gives people a choice to be saved. If this verse were 100% true in its literal application... There would not be freedom of choice, but force from sovereignty. And so what we see here in the passage is train up a child. And I'm going to ask you to stand out of recognition. And it's just one verse. You won't be standing long. But if you would stand out of recognition for his infallible inerrant words, serving as a final authority in all matters of faith and practice. Some versions will say, start a youth out on his way. Others will say, train a child up in the way they would go, should go. And even when he grows old, he will not depart from it. Let us pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the truth of your word, its guide and its wisdom. 
And I pray that it's truth, it's wisdom. Lord, and what you intended for us to understand and glean from it finds its way into the application of every facet of our lives. And Lord, I pray that when our children speak of our families, it will not be of such a nature of anger and bitterness, but one of cooperation, hope, and opportunity. One of encouragement, inspiration, and a belief that God loves us, our parents love us, and both want the very best for us. Why wouldn't we want the best for ourselves? And it is a name, that name that is above every name, that name given under heaven among men by which we must be saved. That sweet name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You can be seated. So the idea, start a youth out or train. You know, we think of training a lot of things and we used to train, used to try to train duck dogs. And, and you know, one of the ways I would do that was through a lot of discipline, but not through a lot of example. I never threw the ball and fetched it myself. Right? So when we normally think of train, we think of it being a one-way directional, and that is not at all what this reference is saying, the scripture is saying, so that if I want to have the best possible outcome for the spiritual depth and maturity of my family, that training doesn't mean that I simply take my kids to church. Friend, Scripture tells us we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. If church is not a priority for you, it will not, it will be an option for them. Friend, you should not find an excuse on Saturday night or Sunday morning to avoid Church, whether it's your children, whether it's your grandchildren, it amazes me the excuses people have for not coming to church. What if I didn't show up one Sunday morning and y'all called to check on me and I just said, I just wasn't feeling my best. I had a headache. Or, you know, it was just chilly outside. It was just hot, so I didn't. Does a preacher have that uh, that choice? Do I get that freedom? Well, then how is it you can take that freedom when it's the same standards extended to all of God's people? And so we approach church as if it's an option, and that is not training anything. We can t- we tell our children you need to follow the Lord, but in our lives we don't follow the Lord. So that is not training. Training, the highest form of training is exemplifying and illustrating every degree of action, faith, investment, and response, every attitude and behavior you desire to see in your children. They're not dogs. They do need to see the desirables betrayed in your life to convince them that it's worth messing with. 
why would it be worth it to them if it's not worth it to you? So train and then train up, which means your training is is not done. And I was just thinking, once they hit 18, they're out and I'm free. But what everybody keeps telling me is you raising kids for the rest of your life. Is that the truth? All right, so as a, as a man with children, my, the opportunity I have, not that it doesn't happen, to let my guard down and act like a fool is never gone. I am called to be the man of God, tender, gracious, and we're going to get into those attributes momentarily, from the moment they're born to the moment I stand before Jesus Christ. There's never a vacation from righteousness in the life of a saint. And that doesn't matter whether you're raising children or not. Because everyone is influencing someone at some capacity, okay? So don't excuse yourself from the sermon if you don't have children or don't plan on having children or your children are already out of the house. Train up a child. And and so it says, even when he grows old, he will not depart from it. The better interpretation is, this is the best chance he has or she has to walk in the Lord for their life is when they see mom and dad do the same. If this was a promise, then the reverse would most likely be true. If mom and dad don't walk in the ways of the Lord, then there's no chance for the child. And we also know that that's not always the case either. So we look at this and we say, well, we have this promise. Well, no, this is a best case. This is a highest percentage. This is a wise way to live. And it's not wisdom on the way I count wisdom. It's wisdom from the one who is wisdom. Do you understand? I didn't cook this, this verse up. I didn't write it in and come and read it from you. For you. This was revealed from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the highest of high, the King of authority, the creator, the sustainer, the revelator. This is His advice. This is His wisdom, not something just to toss around, but something to surrender to. That in my home, God's standards not might be our standards, but will be our standards. And when I do something dumb, when I do something stupid as a dad, when I'm impatient or unkind, or they see Jeanette and I having a disagreement that's disrespectful toward each other, that I pull them together and I apologize just as I seek forgiveness from the Lord. My children know I am not perfect. All of us as parents realize that. They watch us. They see the way we eat. Right? They've heard our word selection. They've heard the words under the voice and our bad attitudes toward situations. 
They seen me getting patient at the checkout line at the grocery store and just go sit in the car. Right? They know dad's not perfect. And the best, most powerful thing I can do to maintain their respect in my testimony, and we've had to do this on several occasions, and they'll tell you, I bring you in the living room and I apologize for being dumb, don't I? That first time was hard. It's hard. It's, just, it's equally as hard as apologizing to your spouse, I can tell you that. But I had to set them down and told, tell them my behavior was not representative of a man who loved the Lord. And I needed to ask for their forgiveness. And you know what that didn't mean? I didn't do it again. But the best way for me to res- my children have respect, listen, is to be honest. We reprimand behavior we see in them that we carry out ourselves with no discipline or accountability. And that is not training up a child in the way they should go. That's creating a hypocrite at which we have all come to the degree of mastering. Start a young person out in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. I mean, I tell you, talk to you a lot about Grandpa and and the things I watched and witnessed. And yeah, he he may have smoked, but my goodness, he carried himself with more love and patience, dignity, integrity, character than any man I ever witnessed. Um, and you know how quick we are to judge the actions of the hands rather than the condition of the heart man i'm just telling you he's the best best man i've ever known but anybody who saw him would judge him so quickly on so many outside and so we're trained to correct the children's behavior but ignore the child's heart so let's shift at this point to Colossians, and normally I don't ask you to move around like this, and I apologize. But go to Colossians chapter 3, in verse 20, another very, very familiar passage. And again, I am not saying that God's Word is not full of promises. I think we all, in our common sense and logic, have been confused with the previous passage, and why aren't Excuse me, it does not always work out that way. Because it's not a promise, it's a, it's a wise verse. It's a direction from wisdom. Next, children obey your parents. Now, that's for you kiddos out there. Obey your parents in everything. For this is pleasing to the Lord. That is, when you are a child, not a grown person. Um, And yes, a child should not have the choice of obedience. I'll read you some quotes dealing with discipline in a few moments. But children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Now let's look at this next one. Fathers, also including mothers, much like when the Scripture says men, of course... The majority of the time it includes women. 
Fathers, parents, do not exasperate your children. Do not bring them to wrath your children so that they won't become discouraged. And so I would tell you in parenting, and again we're dealing with a lot in a very short amount of time, remember that your child's problem is not their behavior. Your child's problem is the rebellion against the Lord. Just as you rebel against the Lord. We try to correct the product instead of the problem. Okay? The problem is my, ch- my children, they've all accepted Christ now, but at one point, listen, were at enmity with God. They were an enemy of the Most High. And so my problem was not Aiden Ashton and Anna acting out. The problem was my children had a fallen nature. And that fallen nature drove them to behave as rebels against God's standard. And so I took it on as I'll spank them when they do this, because if I don't want anything as a pastor, is I don't want to see my people seeing my children act like heathens. But in fact, you can act right and still be a heathen. Do you understand that picture? So I had to go back and begin to understand, and I'm still learning, that my job was not just to discipline the product, but explain to them that your behavior is a product of a heart that is bent against God. And that behavior is not only going to cause a disciplinary issue between you and I, but it's also going to separate you from Him for all of eternity. And so the problem of humanity becomes one instead of being two separate issues. We're taught act right, not live righteously. Do you understand the difference? That we can act right and play right and pretend right and smile right and talk right and still live in absolute separation. The church has not produced Christians. The church has produced good men and good women. Keep going. So... As a father, as a mother, single mom, single dad, foster parent, adoptive parent, whatever the situation is, see your child, listen, as a human being. A human being that is separated from God, lest he or she be covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, What does that mean for me as a parent? Well, that means I need to approach my child just as God approaches me. Because I want my child to understand I am God's chosen representative to guide them through this life. And listen, if they can't trust me, they're going to have trouble trusting Him. Does that make sense? 
All right, now that doesn't allow for, for mistakes in our lives. But God does not make mistakes. God is above and does not have the ability to make mistakes. God doesn't learn. There's nothing new to Him. There's nothing foreign. He does not need to change. We do. So number one, raising my children. There's six things here and we're going to move quick. I'd encourage you to jot them down. God's patience. Oh my goodness. I'm a fool. And God's patience endures forever. He never... And see this. He never gets impatient with me because he already knew I was going to do it. Do you see that? Now when I had them kiddos... And they were, they were, ah, they were this big. And I was holding them. I knew they'd become teenagers. And I still had them, right? So once we've started entering this stage and the room literally smells like a goat pen, you know, I knew that day was going to happen. I knew that day was going to happen when they started noticing girls and, and then I've got a whole new set of problems. I'm done raising babies, right? You hear me? That's right. And I've told churches before, don't be too hard on my boys because it's probably because it's going to be one of your daughters. So let's just leave that alone. It better not. I'll go on a date with them, all right? So I knew, I knew my kids are going to mess up. And so God knows in his foreknowledge that I'm going to sin and I'm going to rebel. And so he doesn't need, he doesn't have to prepare for patience because it's part of his attributes. But I'm not God and so I have to find, listen. I've got to be patient for something I knew, already knew was going to happen. Do you see how ridiculous that is? That I know they're going to not obey. I know they're probably going to try to hide something from me. Just like God gets, I think he's just got to be amazed, but he can't be amazed because he already knows what's going to happen when we try to hide something from him. But his patience is never ending. And so my children should know, why yes, I'm disappointed. But my patience never ends. I created you through the the blessings of God. And I knew this day was going to come. And so that patience should cover a multitude Next, encouragement. Every parent has greater dreams for their child's performance in sports or whatever their child is going to do than what the child would ever have for themselves. The standard we set for our children in anything they set out to do 
is unfair to them and often not even desirable for them. And so God's encouragement to me is, listen, is God ever disappointed when He's never surprised? Think about that one. He already loves me. He already believes in me. His word is there to encourage and inspire me to a life of righteousness. So, yes, I sin. But can he respond in disappointment when he's never surprised? He already knows that the sins I'm going to do here, here probably since I get out of that room. And it doesn't hurt. It, it doesn't offend. It, it, it is enmity between him other than the part of Jesus Christ. But my encouragement toward my children, they should never be exasperated by our corrective conversations. Sit down. Let me talk to you about something. Is that how God speaks to you? Son, daughter, grandson, granddaughter. I need you to understand why I'm disappointed. And I do get disappointed. But listen, I'm never disappointed in them. I'm disappointed in what happened. Do you see the difference? Okay, I'll never be disappointed that my children are my children. I'm disappointed because what you've done separates you or hurts your relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm not disappointed because, listen, I don't have a standard apart from His standard. Do you understand that? The standards I set, we set for our families should be coming from here. Let's keep going. Number three, grace. They should know no matter where they go, no matter what they do, His grace, which you know what grace is? Grace is Him responding to the brokenness and misery of humanity with love and a desire to intervene on all of our behalf. That's grace. So when I see my children hurting or going through hardship or living with the product of the decision they made, they should not see a disappointment or frustration because again, it's not a surprise, but I should be there as a representative of God's grace. And it's so much different than how our culture teaches to parent. Next, forgiveness. You know, when they carry out behaviors that are unacceptable, anger... God does not... God responds to you with a balance of all His attributes at the same time. There is never one of God's attributes that function independently from the rest. God hates sin. 
But he does not see you as a sinner. He sees you as saved. He sees Christ. So friend, forgiveness. If something happens, and, and honestly, whether this is... And that forgiveness is a hard one. I still haven't really figured out the extent and the application and the process of forgiveness. But whether that's in marriage or whether that's with my children, if I cannot figure out forgiveness, I cannot show them the love that God's called me to show them. Listening ear. I remember the boys love video games. I hate them. If I can't eat it by the time I'm done trying it, catching it, I don't want to do it. You can't eat a video game or a golf ball. They would play these games and then they would come and talk to me about them. I don't even know who the characters are. I don't even know the names of the games. But I would say to myself, Eric, you really need to listen. And so they would be talk to me, talking to me and it would be something like, uh-huh, yep, uh-huh, wow, mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool. Yep. I couldn't have told you a thing about them video games. Parenting is a life of sacrifice. Just like Christ did. Now, when you pray, do you expect God to listen? When our children speak to us, it should have our full attention. Not a little, all of it. And even more than that, I should seek to be involved in the things that they're involved in. Now, I don't like a lot of things. So I've been trying, and Jeanette, to tell you, I'm trying, and we have this conversation a lot. With them too, I think I'm figuring it out. We got dirt bikes and getting the gym and, you know, guy stuff. They're old enough now to do guy stuff. Much easier. Little princess. <laughs> Can you see me with a Barbie doll in my hand? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So we tried to learn how to ride our bike, and uh, we, we would swim and dive for things that you throw in the pool and then go get. Um, but having, because listen, Scripture says God knew, He knew, He knew you before the foundation of the world. That means He knows your likes, your dislikes, He knows everything about you. And He loves you the way no one else can love you. 
And so as a parent, here, listen. He always listens to me. One of the most important things I can do, you can do, grandparents, aunts, uncles, fosters, steps, is to listen to whatever the conversation is as early in your life. Listen as you can. Because do you know what happens as teenagers? They figure out you weren't really listening. And then they quit trying. The door closes. The music goes on. The TV goes on. Or they're talking to someone who will actually listen to them. So if I could go back, I'd play more Legos. I'd have a kin. I wouldn't be Barbie. And last is his loving heart. Have you ever felt someone hug you and you felt at complete peace and security? You know, sometimes when we're frustrated with the kids, get over, get, get over here and hug me. Okay, that hug, no matter how severe the consequence has just been issued, is the most important part of that communication process. You're communicating a situation that transpired that violated not your standard, but it actually violated God's. So your job, listen, Mom and Dad, Your job's a guide, a representative of him. Remember, it's not your standard. They didn't didn't violate you. They violated his standard. So your problem is not actually between you and your child. Your problem is between child and the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So I have to maintain, I am a bridge I am not a solution. And so, my child is going to go out in the world and they're either going to understand, am I living to please mom and dad? Or am I living to please the King of Kings? Now, God's love, it says also, right, endures forever. It never, it never And I'm going to deal with, a, again, a, a sensitive subject. Sometimes our children make lifestyle choices that we don't agree with. Scripture doesn't agree with. Let's make that the emphasis. Now listen, if you misunderstand me, you'll misquote me. That won't be good. If my son or my daughter make a lifestyle choice that's against this right here, guess who will handle it in the end? God will. When my children become adults, it is no longer my place to discipline them. It is my place to love them as He loves them. 
And so whether it be drugs, whether it be a homosexual lifestyle, my love never fails. Those kids, you better not. Those kids would be at my house every Christmas, every Thanksgiving. I will be at their house for every birthday and every possible opportunity they give me to spend with them. Those are my babies. I've told you that before. But it is not my place to discipline another adult. It's his. Now, will I be disappointed? Yes, because I'm not, don't possess the foreknowledge of the Almighty. But will my love stop? So hey, if you're out there and some, somebody's told you you need to not support that, they know that. If you raised them, they know you don't agree with that and you shouldn't beat them up with that every time you see them. Let it go. They're adults. You're not going to change their behavior because you don't agree with them. Remember, the problem is not their relationship to me. The problem is their rebellion against God's standard. So the best thing I can be is a bridge for that. Not one to destroy the hopes of that. If my love is to be a representative of His love, it's unconditional. Now, now you get into the details. And this is where this... I'm just answering questions that have been answered. Then we're going to stop. Well, what if they want to bring their partner over for Christmas? I don't think any of you are going to agree with my answer to that. And that's okay. But if I've got the opportunity to love any human being, I'm going to take it. Now, I'm going to put them in two different parts of the house with chains and locks. (laughs) Listen, they're adults. I'm not responsible for their behavior anymore. My call is to be the bridge. If you have to spend so much time contemplating how to navigate a situation, you've left love. When life gets that hard, and you feel that much pressure to fix something, you forgot how powerful he was. Love you, babies. Lead their hearts to Jesus no matter what. And you want to make a kid rebel? Discipline an adult. See what happens. It's not as confusing as we've made it. We've removed his love and we've replaced it with judgment and what feels like hate. Is it wrong? Absolutely. Can I fix it? No. Can Jesus? Yes. 
Lord, we love you and we thank you for the time that we've had together and I pray that it has been challenging to the way we have evaluated things in the past. And, and Lord, if any of my words have offended or served as a stumbling block in any way, I do seek for your forgiveness. But Lord, your word is clear. I pray that as parents we will guide shepherd the hearts of our children to a life of righteousness and a right relationship with you. And Lord, for every child that is raised and trained up and has accepted you, we give you the glory and the honor. Lord, for every child that's in a a stage of life that's rebelling or struggling with the truth or struggling with faith, we, we give you the glory for that outcome too because you're sovereign. Parenting is the scariest thing, Lord, I have ever attempted. And Lord, I need, me and Jeanette need your help just as every person here, whether our kids are raised, whether we're raising grandchildren, foster children, adoptive children, well, we all love them the same. And I pray, Lord, that we'd begin to understand that this world should not offend us. Lord, it it violates your commands. And we're here as a bridge to share about the hope that is in the blood and the cross of Jesus Christ. I don't have to punish anyone. I have been called to discipline my children. So, Lord, give us wisdom and insight. Give us love. Grant us peace and mercy. For any parent here worried and concerned about their child, Lord, give them peace. Give them patience. Give us all forgiveness, grace, and love. And it is in the name of the lover of our souls, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. The preceding message was presented by Bayou Vista Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information about a relationship with Jesus Christ or about Bayou Vista, including contact info, go to the website www.bvbch.org. Thank you for listening and may God bless you.